Blog Talk Radio. American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American, fight for what's right, fight for your life. Sound here. 
There we go. Sorry about that, folks. I'm going to read the definition of theocracy again. Theocracy is a form of government in which a god or deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler. For believers, theocracy is a form of government in which divine power governs an earthly human state, either in a personal incarnation or more often via religious institutional representatives, i.e. a church, replacing or dominating civil government. Theocratic governments enact theonomic laws. Once again, the definition from dictionary.com, a form of government in which, God, in which God or a deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler, the gods or deity's laws being interpreted by the ecclesiastical authorities. You see here. Can you guys hear this any better? Before I continue, make sure that I'm being heard before I read all of this. So, testing, testing, one, two, three, and all that other jazz. For some reason, my mic hasn't been very loud today. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Um, in any case, <clears throat> so, bearing that in mind, that a form of government in which God or deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler, the gods or deity's laws being interpreted by the ecclesiastical authorities, that that is basically the, the, the key issue to what a theocracy is, we go back to the Constitution Party platform. <clears throat> All teaching is related to basic assumptions about God and man. Education as a whole, therefore, cannot be separated from religious faith. We would remove from federal appellate review jurisdiction matters involving acknowledgement of God as the sovereign source of law, liberty, or government. Now, for those of you who don't know what federal appellate review is, appellate jurisdiction is the power of a court to review decisions and change outcomes of decisions of lower courts. Most appellate jurisdiction is legislatively created and may consist of appeals by leave of the appellate court or by right. Depending on the type of case in the decision below, appellate review primarily consists of an entirely new hearing, a trial de novo, a hearing by where the appellate court gives difference to factual findings of the lower court, or review of particular legal rulings made by the lower court, an appeal on the record. Basically, what this would do, this, what this statement within the Constitution Party platform would do, it would make their religion, first of all, part of the public education. It would also prevent the federal government from overruling lower courts' rights to acknowledge the Christian God as the sovereign source of law, liberty, or government. This would prevent the federal government from hearing appeals based on the lower courts favoring Christianity. So, in any case, where, where you're coming from on that is that that is, once again, it comes back to the definition of theocracy. They are asking for, essentially, a government which favors their religion and, and holds their God to be the source of all power. And that is essentially, you know, meaning political power and otherwise, and that is theocracy, and it is not freedom. Now, <clears throat> we're going to go back here, uh, read a little bit more. Um, the law of our creator defines marriage as the union between one man and one woman. No government may legitimately authorize or define marriage or family relations contrary to what God has instituted. We oppose any legal recognition of homosexual unions. Once again, that is an entirely, um, let me see, all right, can you guys hear me now? That's what I need to know. Hold on, I'll just pull it. All right, now, let's see if that made it any better. <sighs> Can you 
hear me now. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Once again, as I was saying, creator defines marriage. Now, you see, once again, they're immediately invoking their religion to have an effect on legislation, and that calls for theocracy. Um, this basically, uh, this statement asks the government to pass laws that would favor the establishment of a religion that is unconstitutional. And in addition, if someone else's religion allows gay marriage, then it states the government should not be allowed to recognize such unions. This would mean passing laws to prevent the free exercise of another religion. They say they want government out of marriage after the fact and try to deflect this point. The problem is that they oppose legislation in any way contradicts their religious view on what marriage is. So, once again, reading the definition of theocracy. Theocracy is a form of government in which a god or deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler. When they make a statement like that no marriage can be acknowledged that is not as our God has put it, then they are essentially asking for a form of government in which a God or deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler. When they wish to remove federal appellate review jurisdiction from the, you know, basically from the rights of the higher courts, they hear appeals in, you know, essentially in a situation where they're discussing that God is the source, sovereign source of all law and liberty, then they once again are asking for a form of government in which a God or a deity is recognized as the supreme civil ruler. Theocracy is not libertarianism, and essentially, you know, it works just fine if it happens to be, if the theocracy happens to be your own religion. But theocracy was often found to be something that is simply not practical in the long run, unless you are going to have a nation where only one religion is allowed to live. And you know, for example, in Islamic theocracy, you have situations where women can be, you know, beaten just for wearing clothing that they find to be inappropriate. Um, um, in any case, worse, but that's your problem. You're okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what the deal is. My microphone has been acting up today. But anyway, as I was saying, um, theocracy is a situation where, you know, basically your interpretation of a religion becomes the law of the land. It is not a good idea for anybody involved unless, once again, you happen to be fortunate enough to be living in a country that's following your religion as the law of the land. It is not what our founding fathers intended, and it is certainly not a libertarian position. And that's why you definitely cannot um, be working along those lines and expect to be called a libertarian. And I do have a hard time understanding exactly why we even have this discussion in the Ron Paul movement. There was a time when you know, the whole concept of me you know, even having to discuss this was really silly, that that would ever even come up, you know, basically. Um, it's just totally crazy to me that we would even be discussing that. Um, and uh, so, once again, I'm going to move on here. Um, I started a thread actually in Ron Paul forums that was called The Case Against Chuck Baldwin. And it started with, now that Election Day is finally drawing near, I feel compelled to update my position on Chuck Baldwin and the Constitution Party that he is part of. There are people, I think, that are great who happen to be members of the Constitution Party. Jane Germond and Travis Maddox are the first two that come to mind. I have given my analysis of the platform itself. I did a show on that earlier. Recently, I have added a couple of things to it that I will detail here. Under the comments from Thomas Jefferson, I was compelled to add the following. This is a quote. The error seems not sufficiently eradicated that the operations of the mind, as well as the acts of the body, are subject to the coercion of the laws. But our rulers can have authority over such natural rights only as we have submitted to them. 
The rights of conscience we never submitted. We would not, we could not submit. We are answerable for them to our God. The legitimate powers of government extend to such acts only as injurious to others. But it does me no injury for my neighbor to say that there are 20 gods or no god. It neither picks my pocket nor breaks my leg. Now, that was from Thomas Jefferson in his notes on Virginia, where they were dealing with the, basically Virginia law as far as separation of church and state. And I want to once again repoint something out here. That Thomas Jefferson says very plainly that we are answerable to them to our God. The legitimate powers of government extend to such acts only as are interest to others. Now, that kind of goes along, you know, hand in hand with what Ron Paul said in Freedom to Fascism. I like the old idea that you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm anyone. So, bearing all that in mind, you take that in, in turn with, the, with James Madison's statements on uh, the civil rights, basically, you know, and more specifically in his notes for the Bill of Rights. The civil rights of none shall be abridged on account of religious belief or worship, nor shall any national religion be established, nor shall the full and equal rights of conscience be in any manner or in any pretext, pretext infringed. This is certainly not theocracy, and this is what the um, founding fathers had in mind when they wrote the Constitution, was that there would be no theocracy, that there would be no religious authority that was any higher held than any other. Now, first of all, recently, uh, well, first of all, actually, let me say, I want to make this clear. I do not hate or even dislike Christian people. And I do feel they have a right to be in the movement. But the Constitution Party favors an interpretation of, the, uh, interpretation of the Constitution that is not consistent with freedom. First of all, recently, Chuck Baldwin, during a debate we had on revolutionbroadcasting.com, made it clear he would fight to keep illegal drugs out of our country, using the power of the executive to do this. Even if he allows the states to make their own laws concerning drugs, this would still continue the drug war and the violence it causes. And it is not respective of the rights of individuals to do with their own bodies as they like. Chuck Baldwin is not in favor of allowing gays to marry. His reasoning is clearly religious. The CP platform is very explicit in these things, and this position is in no way libertarian. If the people of the Christian religion oppose gay marriage, they have the right not to perform the ceremony if they, are past, if they happen to be a pastor or a priest, and they have the right to not, you know, basically to choose not to marry someone of the same gender themselves. They do not have the right to tell two other people what they can and do with their own bodies and how they can contract with one another or how they or how their own religions might define marriage. If another religion permits gay marriage, then the Constitution Party position and Chuck Baldwin's position would violate the First Amendment, because it would prevent people of that religion from allowing gays to marry. The CP platform that Chuck Baldwin says he supports and joined the party because of, and that his vice presidential candidate Daryl Castle sat on the platform committee that wrote, makes it clear that the First Amendment gives them the right to determine what is speech and what is not, According to their religion, it says the same thing about profanity, and it calls on the government to regulate the Internet towards this end as well. I've been told over and over again uh, the following statements in these debates. But he says he will uphold and defend the Constitution. This means nothing if he believes the Constitution empowers him or his party to do what I listed above. But these are states' rights issues. He is running for federal office. This also means nothing, as Baldwin and the Constitution Party platform have both made it clear they want to affect these changes on the federal level as well. But you vote for the man, not for the party. 
When the man says he embraces the platform of the party and was motivated to join the party because of it, then you do have to judge the man according to that decision. Just as we had judged the Nazi party on Mein Kampf, if you say you embrace a party's platform, then you are stating that platform as part of your own beliefs. Don't take the platform so seriously. So we are just supposed to vote for a man because of peer pressure from other people in this movement, despite the fact that their platform blatantly violates the concepts of freedom? Well, I guess that's supposed to be my break, although that's my outro music. I'll catch you afterwards. Sire laying it down for revolution broadcast. I'm running for Congress in Nevada District 1. If you want freedom, better vote for me, son. A bloated government is losing its clout like Gwen Stefani. I have not that since guns and butter overseas. We'll leave us eating macaroni and cheese. These beats are stale and my rhymes are thin. Donating my campaign and I'll never rap again. Now pay attention because I'll only say it once. I'm down with Ron Paul and I'm down with Carl once. David Isbell lays the track. Kelvin Atkinson is Now let's bring down the evil empire. Open up your wallet and donate to Chris Dyer. Ah, peace, 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 peace. Yo, 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 bring that beat back. I want to shout some holler down. GOP, what's up, funny people? Props to Arden Osborne in the NLA. Daily Ball, chat with you. Andy Beamers, Jim Forsyth, all the sneaky hippies in New Hampshire. Las Vegas, Peter. Neo at RonPaulChat.net. Mr. Marie Jones, my girl, the girl. Chris Robertson, Andrew Brownson, all my homies at the GOP. I'm Chris Dyer, and I approve this message. Congress the county voted to pass the Military Commissions Act to reauthorize the USA Patriot Act, both which have abridged the freedoms we cherish. It is for this very reason we are losing our freedoms. I'm Brian Green, independent candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. In Congress, I'll fight to protect the Constitution and to ensure limited constitutional government. Visit Brian Green for Freedom Factor at com. Hey, listen up. Join Revolution Broadcasting and Restore the Republic on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Keep America Free with Amanda Moore. Amanda's a conservative talk show host with a libertarian twist. She's mad as hell, and she's not going to take it anymore. And neither should you. Join us and help keep America free. That's Wednesday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And let freedom ring. Hey, you, I'm talking to you. Delia Lopez, Republican Congressional Candidate, District 3, Oregon. Delia Lopez will secure our borders. Delia Lopez will fight for a balanced budget and shrink the size of government. Delia Lopez will fight to stop the encroachment of our civil liberties that are being stripped away from us by our acting members in Congress. This November, vote Delia Lopez. DLopezforCongress.com. DLopezforCongress.com. Got something you want to get off your chest? Or something wonderful you want to shout about to the world? Well, send it to me, because I'm Rex Brocky, the host of Rants and Raves with Rex on Revolution Broadcasting. Every day at 5 p.m. Eastern, or every weekday at least, you can tune in and hear the best and the worst in the news of these very interesting times we live in. 
Rants and Raves with Rex on Revolution Broadcasting. edition of me radio today's topic is the subject of theocracy as a form of government and how it is not freedom and unfortunately how the constitution party's platform essentially does in fact call for a theocracy now um, as I was basically going on with the different things that people have said to me during the course of this debate I would then say the next quote was but Ron Paul endorsed him are you going to argue with Ron Paul I love Ron Paul, but if we are to be sheeple and just do whatever he says just because he said it, I question this movement's ability to follow its own principles. When people finally pull this card in the argument, they usually wait for you to speak the blasphemy of daring to disagree with Ron Paul. Ron Paul taught me to think for myself and to make my own decisions. So now I'm asking you to do the same. People want to know what I'm worried about and why this is so important to me. It is important to me because I saw not signed on for this revolution to uphold the rights of gay people and non-Christians as much as Christians. Our endorsement of this man and his platform will alienate those people, and maybe it's easy for some people to cast that aside, but it's not so for me. I listen as people justify and try to tell me that these things are not important, and that worries me even more still. The CP platform represents a mindset that is shared by the extreme Christian right. You cannot be for true religious liberty and also support that platform. What if Muslims, whom I do not dislike either, I might add, took a majority in Congress and passed a law that forced women in the United States to wear veils? Well, in theocratic countries where the Muslim religion happens to be in charge, in many cases that is the case. And if you're not wearing your veil, you can be beaten for it. The above arguments that I quote generally get repeated as if on a broken record and recycled over and over, even though I had already shown them to be invalid. This also shows signs to me that this movement is losing its way. We are not even thinking clearly if Ron Paul can say jump and we say how high. Shortly thereafter, the ad hominem attacks start to come. People say I'm lying or spreading disinformation, but yet when I challenge them to show me where I've done this, they cannot provide any examples. The hero worship is getting out of hand. I'm not saying to vote for McCain or Obama, and I'm not saying to vote for Barr either. Barr's voting record looks like he was part of the Constitution Party when he was in Congress. Uh, his, his, basically, his issues on gay marriage, his issues on um, uh, the Wicca um, and the military, he's tried to have a whole religion banned from the military. Um, it, obviously, he's got problems with separation of church and state, too. I absolutely feel people should vote third party this year. The problem is, is if we all cast our support behind Chuck Baldwin, we are sending a message to the people that his platform that alienates others, or basically that the people that are alienated by his platform are not welcome in this movement, and I cannot abide that at all. And basically, we, we run into walls about this subject, and it goes back and forth and up and down. 
in uh, left and right, you know, so on and so forth. And uh, honestly, what I'm worried about the most is that people do act like I've, you know, committed some kind of travesty for arguing in favor of the Constitution. And the the subject that comes up next would be um, the fact that I would point out, because people are always pointing out, you know, New World Order elements um, or elements that, you know, could be, you know, hidden in the things that we're doing. And what I would point to immediately is the Christian coalition. The Christian coalition is an effort on, for the most part, it's a neocon effort, okay? And they have done a lot to try to seize control of various parts of the, com uh, various parts of the government. Now, I'm going to read some things about where separation of church and state came from. In 1773, the Reverend Isaac Bacchus, the most prominent Baptist minister in New England, observed that when church and state are separate, the effects are happy, and they do not at all interfere with each other. But where they have been confounded together, no tongue nor pen can fully describe the mischiefs that have ensued. If only that Reverend Man Manquay, President George W. Bush, had consulted the Reverend Bacchus and appealed to the public for religious liberty, before endorsing the mischief implicit in the constitutional amendment to define gay marriage as a union between a man and a woman and prevent the meaning of marriage from being changed forever. One of the most ironic aspects of the current assault on separation of church and state is that, it, it, is that the apostles of religious correctness have managed to obscure the broad and tolerant origins of the godless constitution, which was written and ratified by a coalition of enlightened are Enlightenment rationalists and evangelical Christians equally fearful of entanglements between religion and government. Hold on just a moment. Um, sorry about that. By Arthur Schlesinger, Jr., published in the Los Angeles Times, October 24, 2004. The Founding Fathers did not mention God in the Constitution, and the faithful often regarded our early presidents as insufficiently pious. George Washington was a nominal Angelican, Angelican who rarely stayed for communion. John Adams, John Adams was a Unitarian, which, Trini which Trinitarians aboard as heresy. Thomas Jefferson, denounced as an atheist, was actually a deist who detested organized religion and who produced an expurgated version of the New Testament with the miracles eliminated. Jefferson and James Madison, a nominal Episcopalian, were the architects of the Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom. James Monroe was another Virginia Episcopalian. John Quincy Adams was another Massachusetts Unitarian. The Godless Constitution. The word God does not appear within the text of the Constitution of the United States. After spending three and a half months debating and negotiating about what should go into the document that would govern the land, the framers drafted a Constitution that is secular. The U.S. Constitution is often confused with the Declaration of Independence, and it's important to understand the difference. The Declaration of Independence is seen as the, that document that the establishment, the new nation of the United States, Sorry, that established the new nation of the United States. It was written by Thomas Jefferson in 1776. It was signed by the Continental Congress and sent to King George III of England. It is a very eloquent document that is celebrate, celebrated every July 4th, but it, was, it is not the law of the land. It is a statement of sentiments directed to King George III in reaction to unfair taxation. The U.S. Constitution was ratified on March 4, 1789, 13 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence refers to the Creator. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence is not a legal document. It is not the U.S. Constitution. 
Foes of the principle of separation of church and state often refer to the word creator in the Declaration of Independence as proof that the framers of the U.S. Constitution intended for the United States to be ruled by a sovereign being. Nothing could be further from the truth. The United States Constitution was written and ratified by elected officials representing a coalition of Enlightenment rationalists and evangelical Christians who were deeply concerned about entanglements between religion and government. So something to think about here, and actually this really comes down to uh, uh, one of the other major points, actually, um, that has to do with um, where the issue of um, the, the issue of law and separation of church and state. Okay, something that George Washington said, and I, as a former Christian, I have to wholeheartedly agree with him. Okay, and it comes from something that he said, actually, in reference to why there should be no uh, reference to religion in the Constitution. Now. I am persuaded you will permit me to observe that the path of true piety is so plain as to require but little political direction. To this consideration, we ought to ascribe the absence of any regulation respecting religion from the Magna Carta, i.e. Constitution of our country. Now, what he's getting at is, as he said, that the path to true piety is so plain as to require but little political direction. Now, what's the difference between true piety and piety? Well, look at it this way. This is one of the reasons why in Islam, now that I said Islam, not like extremist Islam, they make it very clear that there is to be no compulsion in religion. And the reason for that is the fact that anybody who is forced to live a certain way is obviously not making a choice not to do so. That's not the same thing as choosing to follow what your God believes, you know, or, or basically tells you what to do. Um, if you, essentially, if you are forcing somebody to follow God's laws, then they are not doing so of their own accord. And that means that they are not truly pious. They are not truly of God. They are not truly practicing their religion. All they're practicing at that point is the, is the law. And that's not the same thing. That's really what the issue here is. If you have to force somebody not to sin, then the only reason that they're not offending your God is because of the fact that you have forced them to do that. So, oh, and um, as I would point out, somebody in the chat room, Standing for Liberty, VTV, anti, I can respect, even agree with some of your points, but remember a theocrat and a Christian are not the same thing. Don't class them all together. No, I'm not doing that. And I've met many Christians who do not in any way um, agree whatsoever with, you know, all Christians being theocrats. That isn't true at all. And obviously, as, as my studies are pointing out, it was, in fact, many Christians who are forcing the issue of separation of church and state. And there's a very good reason for this. If you look at the way the Constitution was ratified, and more specifically what was going on at the time, okay, was that the Christian religion itself was at war with itself. The Catholics, the Church of England, the Puritans, the Quakers, although the Quakers weren't really at war with anybody because they can't be, you get the idea. They were all committing acts of violence and in some cases murder on one another over the issue of the church. And that's the reason why we have laws to protect people's individual religious freedom. It is also why we don't pass laws that favor one religion over another. That is always going to be a problem. Okay, so which version of the Bible, which version of the Christianity are we going to allow to make, you know, be a deciding factor in how we interpret the Constitution? Is it going to be Catholics? Is it going to be Protestants? Is it going to be Methodists? Is it going to be Mormons? Because you know, that's the argument that gets to ensue next. So we allow this theocracy to take place, so then who's in charge now? Who gets to be the person who makes the laws? Whose Christianity are we going to go with? 
this is another reason for separation of church and state, because no two people can ever agree. That's the reason that there are so many arguments about it, and that's the reason why these things are, as the Founding Fathers have stated more than once, between a man and his God. True piety is not forced with the law. True piety comes with a free choice. God is supposed to have given you a free choice. I remember this much from when I was Christian. The issue is that if you're not choosing to live your life in that way, then it's not a real choice anyway. And, you know, as Country Kids in the chat room points out, we do not believe in forcing Christianity. You have to remember that there is more to religious freedom than just being allowed to worship any way you wish. Okay? It also has to do with me being free from laws that you might want to have written because there are certain things that are forbidden in your religion. If you do that, if you make a law based on something that is forbidden in your religion and then expect me to follow it, then you are thereby forcing your religious beliefs and your concepts of morality on me. And as Thomas Jefferson pointed out, the government has no authority over anything that does not involve somebody harming someone else. That's where the power begins. That is where it ends. If you don't like something religiously, then you have the choice not to do it. And the problem that always seems to come up, and I've, I've talked to other hosts about this. Actually, Rex, uh, from Ransom Raisin with Rex, actually, and I both had about uh, a really good conversation about that. Okay? And that the issue always seems to be that some Christians, not all, some Christians seem to be offended that other people in the world might want to do something that offends their version of God. So therefore, it, it, they seem to think that it is an affront to them that somebody else decides to get married in a way that they don't like. And, and that's not a concept of freedom. That is theocracy. If you seem to think that you have the right to enforce your religious beliefs on anybody else, then that is not a constitutional republic. That is not libertarianism. That is theocracy. And as soon as you introduce a concept like, you know, we, you know, we believe that uh, the Bible, you know, or basically the Constitution is suspended of biblical law, no, you know, no government may, you know, in, enter basically or acknowledge marriages that is contrary to what our God says, you are not asking for a constitutional republic. You are acting, asking for a theocracy. There is a reason that there is no, you know, there is no mention of Christianity in the Constitution. It is there so that we can be fair to everyone. Christians, Muslims, Jews, everyone. Okay? The things that are done in a Jewish wedding are not the same as the things done in a Muslim wedding, not the same as things done in a Christian wedding. Which Christian, uh, once again, there's so many sects of Christianity, which one are we going to, going to offend? Which one gets to be in charge? But let's not forget about the Native Americans. They have their own definition of marriage, and they've been defining marriage just as long, if not longer. There are the pagan versions of marriage that also have many denominations, but are also equally valid. That is the reason I do, in fact, agree that we absolutely should get out of the government being involved with marriage. So the question is then, what comes next? Let's see if I can take this call without messing things up. Give me just a moment. I'll call you back in a sec, Ray. Provided I can find him. Sorry about this, folks. Give me just a second. See if he answers. You there, Ray? Hey. Hey, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to get in some comments on this. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Okay, yeah. Have at it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of argument with what is anything you're saying today, although... Hey, Ray, uh, can, you, can you turn off the stream? I can hear myself on your stream. 
that's very strange. How about now? You're fine now. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I don't really have a any major argument with anything you're saying here today. Uh, just minor points that I think uh, you need to maybe address a little bit deeper, think about a little bit deeper how you how you deal with certain issues, and that you're you're talking about forcing religion and forcing versions of God on people, and obviously forcing anything on anybody, be it religion, be it. Uh, full values, anything is really uh, something we've got to be very careful about. Uh, however, libertarianism. Yeah, sure. oh, we're going to break, Ray. I'll catch you afterwards. Beyond treason comes a new tale of deception and political spin. They're not lying to the personal lives of millions of innocent Americans. What if legislation that was supposed to protect our freedoms actually took them away? What if you could be arrested for asking a question? What if the government could monitor your communications? and break into your home. Well, they punched me in the face. Will you resist? Or will you freely surrender your liberties? Welcome to the new American dream. Did you know that a family of four earning 42000 pays nothing in federal income taxes but loses more than $6,000 to federal payroll taxes? 80% of wage earners lose more to payroll taxes than income taxes. Politicians should not ignore a tax that imposes such an oppressive burden, especially on the working poor and middle class. This is Eric Schonsberg, the Libertarian candidate for U.S. Congress and a professor of economics. I'm running against Baron Hill and Mike Sodrell, and I approve this message. Maybe knowing something about economics would be useful? Don't waste your vote this time. Vote Schonsberg on November 4th. HempUSA.org is now offering free shipping worldwide to better serve our customers. Our goal is to get these fine hemp products to you in the least amount of time so you can enjoy what the powder seeds and oil can do for you. HempUSA.org has a warning that the U.S. food supplies are dangerously low, and we urge you to protect your family with hemp storable foods today. Tomorrow may be too late. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. This incredible food source is loaded with enzymes so your body can digest the food you eat. And it creates an alkaline environment where cancer can't grow and parasites cannot live and brings funguses, viruses, and bacterial levels down and to a halt. Try our powder seeds and oil today. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. If the body has the proper nutrition, it will heal itself. Ask yourself, why does our government not allow this crop to grow in the U.S.? This product is also great for pets and animals. Call 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Hi, this is Senator Jefferson Smith. 
And they made a movie about me a long time ago called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, about a naive young man that knew everything about American history and, unfortunately, very little about American politics. But you can do it real, not in the fantasy of the movie, by sending a wiser, stronger, tougher Senator Smith back to Washington. His name is Ron Paul. I am a real American. I do the rights of every man. I am a real American. I do what's right. Fight for your Here today on B Radio, the subject of today's show is theocracy and how it is not freedom. I am joined by Ray Powell from the North Virginia Patriots. Now, Ray, you said there were some issues that you didn't think I was covering, so have at it. Well, it's not that you're not covering them. It's just that I think to really get to the core of this, you have to go sort of one level deeper in that even the principles of liberty that we all strive for in this movement, in the freedom movement and the libertarian movement, um, we have certain principles, uh, that, and so in some sense, that's theocracy, isn't it? It's not theocracy if you're bringing it about because of your understanding of government. The, the definition of theocracy is when you believe that there is a God that is the source, sovereign source of your law. Okay. That's why I all read right. the, the definition of theocracy earlier. Okay, all right, so it's not theocracy, but it is still, even, even what we do and what we believe in, still at some level, you're kind of pushing a certain morality. Um, well, there's a difference between pushing the morality essentially based, first of all, on the fact that, you know, like actually somebody said recently that you cannot raise your children correctly unless you involve Christianity in their lives. And I said, well, I, I don't really agree with that. I agree that some children who are raised Christian are going to be moral and some children who are going to be raised Christian are not. That's all on the parent. And I also pointed out that there will be no Christianity in my own children's upbringing unless when they are old enough they choose to be Christian on their own. And I'm sure that they'll still be good kids because I raised them with that philosophy. Um, but what is that philosophy? That, that, now, you're not totally opposed to people raising their children under Christianity. You see that. Oh, no, and that's, that's totally their decision. That, that's all within freedom of religion. Now, mind you, I think freedom of religion, in my personal opinion, as a parent, extends to my children. When they're old enough, they can choose whatever they want. I refuse to indoctrinate them because I think that's a little unfair, but you get the point. Oh, I do. I very much get the point. That's the way I was raised, very specifically by my father. I was not indoctrinated in any way, and I think that's why uh, I find it so easy. That's why I feel that I have a certain clarity on this issue. I don't mean to talk down to you or anybody, but I think that this, this gets so tangled up. Um, so you don't, you don't have a problem with people uh, raising their children with Christian morals, and because I, I'm sure you understand that at some level, a lot of the morality that they, they get taught in a Christian home is probably it's like a lot of the same morality that you would teach in a non-Christian way. 
Well, it, it really depends. I mean, when you think about it, Native American religions pretty much have the same rules against a lot of things that we would consider to be immoral. Uh, Buddhism, obviously, is a pinnacle of morality in its own way. Um, you know, that, that, they that all kind of share something. Every religion or the lack of a deity, even religions that, have, that don't show the lack of a deity, kind of share something all in common. And there's things in common, all kinds that happen to be the same as the principles of liberty. Well, when you're talking about, you know, like, you know, as Thomas Jefferson pointed out, the issue of how you choose to live your life is completely up to you. But you, now, when you involve government, on the other hand, and when you're going to force out somebody else to think you know, or act or live the way that your religion would dictate, then we're running into a problem because there are things that are in common, and that's true. But, for example, to say that no government can acknowledge a gay marriage because they can't do anything contradictory to what my God says then you're then you've been then you've gone past constitutional republic and you have gone into theocracy because at that point Agreed. you're acknowledging a god as being the sovereign source of law and liberty, um, as you know, as opposed to the rule of law or more specifically logic. Well, yeah, I mean, see, that's all semantics to me. You know, I agree with what you said that government shouldn't be doing that. But to me, whether you call it uh, because God said so or because it's logical. It really means the same exact same thing, and I think we spent way too much time debating the semantics we use to describe basically what is the same that's common across all religions, or the lack of, or the lack of religion that doesn't believe in the deity, or you refuse even use the word deity, or you refuse the word use the word God. You still believe generally in the same principles, uh, and which happen to be the same principles of liberty. And then we get all tangled up arguing: Oh, do we say it they come from God, or do we say it comes from nature, or do we say it's just, it's just given to us, or do we say it comes from ourselves? And we, we argue for hours and hours and hours about where these rights come from, and ultimately we're all shooting for the same thing. So I say, stop arguing about that. And I, but I do agree with you in terms of the application of, of you, know, you know, certain religions when they try to apply. And that one, I've been confronted with that one directly, that example you gave. I met uh, uh, a lady out in, when I was in San Francisco, I was visiting with her, and she told me that she had uh, a foreigner, uh, an immigrant to the country, and they were a lesbian couple, and they had adopted a child together under California law, okay? And the federal government is going to keep this uh, person out of the country because she's not allowed to sponsor her because they're not a man-woman couple. So when it comes to that, absolutely, I have a concern that it affects people's lives in real ways. Had it been if she was a man, bringing a, a poor woman in the country, they'd be able to maintain their family. But their family is at risk of being torn apart because, because the government does not want to recognize their same-sex relationship. And, you know, well, that's, that's kind of when you run into it. Yeah, there are a lot of things we have in common. Um, the, the, the issues come up when we don't, and more specifically when we want to involve the government. If we're going to ask for a constitutional amendment to define marriage as per the Christian religion's analysis of what that means, then we are breaking the First Amendment in principle. Um, I agree. And, the government shouldn't be defining marriage. Oh, I, I'm okay with that too, and that, that was never my gripe. The, the gripe actually comes from the concept that you know that theocratically, uh, and the Constitution Party platform calls for this a lot. Theocratically, you know, because God, their God said this, therefore these laws have to be that, and that that is not a constitutional republic. That is a theocracy as a form of government. And that's not what we live in, and it's not what the Founding Fathers wanted either. And, I mean, you're encountering, I'd say, the best people in this particular part of the movement. I'm talking about some people that I debate with on occasion uh, who really now they see their opportunity to move into the forefront. And it's not just 
you know, the people in the Constitution Party. The, the movement that is the Christian coalition is part of the neoconservative movement, and they use, the, they use religion to control people. And, you know, once again, I don't dislike the Christian religion. I dislike any religion being used as a tool to control others. Well, okay, see, there, there's, where, there's where I want to jump in, and this is a gray area. I'm not saying I have the answer. But aren't we trying to control people, too, in a sense, when we say these are the principles of liberty, abide by them? I'm not controlling anybody by telling them not to control me. <laughs> the no, principles yeah, of liberty well, are all about not controlling others. So if you tell somebody because God says so, you should follow these principles, all of a sudden it takes on a sinister angle in your mind? Yes, um, it does. Because okay, but if you say just because it's the law of nature, it doesn't. Um, well, I don't really think that the law of nature ends up finding its way into the Constitution either. There's a difference between where your religious beliefs and your philosophies determine how you govern well, your own life as opposed to that, you know, being the other way around. I mean, I'm not going to pass laws that are going to force Christians not to live their lives the way they want to either. The, the issue that comes up is when those Christians want to try to make their own God's laws um, the laws of the land, because they, they almost feel, though, it is, a, it is an affront to themselves that people are allowed to do these things that their, that their religion forbids. And that is not a violation of the principles of liberty at all. That's if somebody else is doing something you don't like, you have the freedom of just not doing it or not allowing it in your home or in your specific property. But you don't have the right to run around telling other people what they can do. And that's really where this all flared up. As, as Charles J. put it so eloquently in the debate, and I think that uh, Chuck Baldwin got off very easy in the debate because he left when he did, because Charles had a lot more questions to ask, was the fact that you know, there is no threat to heterosexual marriage that is brought on by two gay people deciding that they want to get married. There is no threat at all. But they find it offensive, or they take offense, and they essentially paint it as somebody doing injury to them because it's not what they believe is right or wrong. And that, that's where we run into a problem, because it's none of their business at that point, really. I mean, they're not doing anything to them. You know, if this, if this gay couple like tried to insist that a church married them, even though that church didn't agree with it, I would never be behind that. If this gay couple insisted on being married on my lawn and I didn't agree with it, I wouldn't be okay with that either. But if this gay couple finds a church that doesn't have a problem with it, and then they go off and they get married and they have their own lives on their own property, then that's really the end of it. And Thomas Jefferson agreed, and uh, so do I. And I'd say that's very much does too. You get no debate from me on any of that. All I'm trying to say is... um, like I said, we at some level are trying to push a certain morality, and that morality is the principle of liberty. That morality is that you are a powerful creature, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you want to say of God, okay? And some people don't want to say it. You are a powerful creature of God or not, okay? You have the right to do whatever you want in this world, and you can be accomplished and do anything you put your mind to, but you cannot trample and take the rights of others while you do that. That's one of the principles of liberty that we all believe in, right? Well, Yes, those are the principles that we believe in. The reason that it's not quite the well, same. Thing. We want to teach that. We want to teach that. And certain religions, you know, like to use certain stories and relations to old books that dug up in the desert, et cetera, et cetera, in order to teach those principles. And I think that might, you know, that might be something that, that works pretty well in terms of trying to teach that at a young age. Well, yeah, I'd say that it certainly does, along with the fact that when you're at a young age, you're impressionable and you're inclined to do whatever your parents say, which is the only reason why I'm not even exposing my children to my own religion until they're at least 13 years old, because I want them to be in a position to have freedom of their own souls. 
And this right. is the reason why it becomes a problem, is, is when you essentially go into a situation where you feel, for example, that pornography, you oppose pornography because you think it is a perversion of sex, and that sex is created by your God. Now, once again, that this is all from the Constitution Party platform. If you want to have a right to legislate sex and what it is, based upon your religious beliefs, then you're going down an area that I will use one of your terms. It's the slippery slope. If we allow one religion to define what is speech and what is not speech, which is, which is also in the Constitution Party platform, what is going to be the next step? You know, and that, that's basically, I mean, uh, you know, when you look at it, uh, some of these sects, the more extreme among the Christian right, will do things like have book burnings. And uh, there was a guy, actually, a famous philosopher, his name escapes me at the moment, but he says if they're burning books, the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to start burning people. You know, I have met people in my life, for example, who have made it clear that because I am not Christian, and more specifically because I happen to be part of the pagan faith, that if it were legal, they would burn me to death. And I hate to tell you this, but unfortunately, I do believe them. As ridiculous as it is, that's how they felt. And now, if you say that theocracy doesn't exist in the United States, I would point to the court case, which I believe was in Nevada. I could be wrong, but I do know what it happened, where the two, uh, basically two witches were getting divorced, and the issue of how their child was to be brought up religiously was never in question. Um, and the judge took it upon himself, because he was Christian, to tell this couple that they could not raise their child according to the Wiccan religion, because he personally opposed it, and that they had to find a more mainstream religion for their child. You know, and the, the funny thing is that you'd think that would be something that would get a guy disbarred. He actually got a promotion. You know, um, you, you, I've already told you about my personal experiences with the court system, um, you know, and, you know, with, with the fact that, you know, when a judge, for example, happens to be religious in one way or another, he's inevitably going to be swayed to make rulings in the favor of that religion. And that's actually where the real danger of that part of the Constitution Party platform that talks about removing from federal appellate review jurisdiction the ability for a court to not acknowledge God as the sovereign source of law and liberty. That is why this is so dangerous. If we did what the Constitution Party platform calls for, no higher court would be able to appeal, right? So we'd be able to hear appeals when a judge decided to make a, a judgment based entirely you know, in favor of religion or more specifically of Christianity. That's not fair. And, and the more I study into this, the more I link the neoconservative element to this Christian coalition and the reason why we run into this. Okay, if you, if you don't think that's the case, take the, for example, George Bush said that God told him to invade Iraq. Take, you know, Governor Palin saying that, um, that the war in Iraq is God's war. I can tell you myself that um, because my brother is involved in the ministry, on actually a national level, because he basically runs... Um, a business that helps churches get on the web, that he has been told that there is a large movement within the Christian coalition at this time to identify Islam as an evil religion so that they can continue to justify our wars you know, in Iraq. And even Chuck Baldwin points that out, okay, that there's this element that says this. Ron Paul points it out, um, actually, in his statement where Chuck Baldwin, where he says he supports Chuck Baldwin's um, you know, candidacy that the Christian right is really going over the top to the point where they're saying things like that. And what I am worried about is as I talk to different people in the movement, you know, as things really uh, go, you know, go forward, that we're getting more and more people every day that are telling us that the Bible is not planned and we better, you know, we better bow down or we're going to hell. And that's not the kind of stuff that I sign on for when I join this movement. 
Right. Well, you know, I like you mentioned that uh, we might be having experience with different levels of people, but I think that's the real point I'm trying to make here. I think that uh, even Chuck Baldwin, uh, any of the more sophisticated uh, Christians, would tell you that people who act that way are not real Christians. They're not even following uh, the Bible. They're not doing what Jesus Christ would have them do um, as their their God. Um, but I recognize that, actually, and that's why I brought up earlier, was that even when I was Christian, as I understood it, and the Muslims feel the same way, there is to be no compulsion in religion. If you have to make a law to prevent somebody from sinning, then the only reason that they're not doing the holy thing of not sinning is because they're going to go to jail, and that's not piety. That's the law. Right, right. but see, our, you know, we do believe in some laws. As libertarians, we believe in the rule of law. We believe in absolute law when it comes to the protection of life, liberty, and property, correct? Yes. Okay, so that's where I'm saying there's a little bit of a quandary in your argument here. And I'm not saying I just... No, 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 no. The quandary is in the fact that you should not seek to create laws to enforce your religious beliefs. Well, it looks like this is what it does. I'd be happy to have you on another time. All right, thanks.